welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whifford. Hey! So today, we are putting a bow on our Willow TV series coverage and getting into Willow Episode 8, season finale, which is titled, The Children of the Worm. The Worm. Alright, so before we get into this anymore... Uh, we're just going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. We're also on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. All right, without any delay, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Rewind. All right, Dylan, got to ask right off the bat here, what did you think of the season one finale for Willow? Well, my thoughts on this episode really boil down to my thoughts on every episode, which are that it was good, but there comes with some caveats because there was a lot going on in this episode. There was a lot of things that made me go like, huh, that's really how they're going to do that. Okay. And then there was other things that, I really enjoyed. Um, So what about you, Mike? What did you think of the season finale here? I thought it was good. Um, I think we got a lot of kind of a a bit of a Lord. I don't know. We got got a lot of good things. I thought the like cinematography and like the fight scenes were really cool. And like the the magic was really cool. I loved seeing that. Totally agree. Left some stuff, left some things to be desired, you know, like. I felt like there's some potholes and just sort of some like, uh, really? Sort of like you were saying, oh, they're going to do it this way? Yeah, that I, I had that too. Yeah, like, so I have to just come out and say, like, I thought that last episode and this episode had the best visuals of the entire season. Oh, so absolutely. Far. Like cinematography, special effects, spells, all of that. Definitely where the money went, yeah. Yeah, definitely where the money was spent there. But yeah, um, let's dive right into what was going on, and I'll kind of address my issues as they come up, and also what I liked about it. Yeah, so we're going to do this kind of in broad strokes. So let's just get through, you know, we sort of intro into this, and you have Alora Dannon and Kit facing the doors to go in, and her brother Eric's there, and then behind them are three of the Gale members, and uh, it's kind of a funny little sort of, like... Are we going to go, like, we going to go in? What are we going to do? They're kind of back-to-back, like, it's very, yeah. like, humorous and lighthearted, and, like, Eric is sort of just like, oh, yeah, I missed you guys. Like, listen, all you got to do is come in and hear the spiel, and you can leave, even if you don't agree with it. And they're like, yeah, this is not, <laughs> not well, I thought it was really funny, though, how, like you said, they were back-to-back, and whoever was in front talking to Eric, when they got fed up with his BS... They spun around, and then they dealt with it for as long as they could, and then spun around again, and it was just, it was very comical, and to me, that was, like, just encompassed the season as a whole Mm -hmm. a little bit, but at the same time, when you're talking about the stakes, the stakes at this point are so high, the crone is literally right inside, and you're gonna pull this, like, shenanigans outside there, and so that was a little bit off-putting just as far as like how serious should i take this the answer was not at all (laughs) you saying that definitely like yeah that's clicking with me right now i'm like that's why it felt so off was because 
this should be like dire like we're supposed to get you and something's not right with you and yeah this isn't like a joke anytime there's been like really like we should have some emotional investment in this scene or we should be feeling the weight of the you know stakes here they always try they always really quickly break it up with humor mm-hmm. and i mean it works for borman's character doing that but mm-hmm. for other characters doing it i just don't think it fits yeah, I mean, it, uh, to me, it kind of shows, like, the tone that the show was trying to set overall, yeah. where the show never took itself too seriously. And what it did do is it really kind of delved into that, like, the humorous side, that whimsical side of fantasy, while still trying to tell this overarching story of good versus evil with good overcoming it. And as a whole... I don't know how successful they were at trying to merge those two together because I feel like I, like I just expressed that like by interjecting humor in every single thing like that, mm-hmm. it did kind of make you as a viewer take a step back and not take the show as a whole. Like, Oh, this is intense. This is high stakes. You weren't as invested because the show didn't really want you to be like, this isn't a life or death situation, so why would you be so invested? You know what I mean? Even when, like, you know, when we're... This is jumping ahead a bit, so I'll actually hold on to this for a moment. But we we have Alora and, as I said, Kit sort of facing with Eric. And eventually they go in and they meet the crone and they basically have to go... We see kind of what Eric probably saw, right? He goes mm-hmm. in and sees the light, so to speak, which is like the worm's power and it's making you envision... I'd say, like, you're heart's desire you your possible yeah. future yeah and you just have to choose to accept the worm and you apparently get these things or you're going to get this stuff which isn't the case at all it's the crone manipulating and if you choose not to accept their choice then you die or you get turned to stone in this case as what happens with kit so let's take a pause here and jump back to our other characters because well, yeah, I was we had to. Yeah, we had Borman, we had Willow, we had Jade, all we had Graydon, yeah. all up top of the waterfall. And right off the bat, Jade and Graydon were like, all right, let's we're go. Jumping. Let's follow our paramours to the death and dive off the waterfall. Yeah. Willow tries to talk them out of it, and they are like, nope, we're doing this. And so they go. Yeah, and then Borman, and then, after yes. giving... After Willow, like, starts talking about how good of a person he is, Borman's like, I don't want to hear it, and just runs and jumps off. And Willow turns around like he's leaving, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, we know you're coming too. Right. It's like, be be real right now, Willow. We the know what's going on. The show is named Willow. Yes. Yeah. Not Laura, but yeah. <laughs> Willow. So anyway, Jade and Graydon and Borman all kind of catch up, and they're heading into the Memorial City. They stop. They're like, wow, well, are we going to get in? And, like... Let's disguise ourselves. So he throws dirt in his face. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about things not making, like, okay, why, why are we doing this? Like, for humor. <laughs> but yes. the humor is cutting into, again, the severity of the situation that Alora, Dannon, and... And Kit. Find and Kit are, in. yeah, find themselves in when they're in the vision. They're sort of sneaking in. They finally get to the doors. They can't break into the doors, even though, like, Graydon's doing magic and stuff, and they all get turned to stone by this wave of crone power, I'll guess. Mm-hmm. In the subsequent dream-ish, I'm just going to call it dream, I guess, the vision, whatever, yeah. that Kit and Alora Dannon are having, 
They're at this beautiful party. It's actually the wedding of Alora and Eric. They get split up where Alora is talking with Eric and being offered like the worm juice and or liquid evil. And Sorsha is there. I'm going to do air quotes there for that because she's in this vision, but she's trying to get Kit to sort of step away from Alora Dan and just accept freedom. Just be free. Yeah, you, know? you can have whatever you want, Kit. I don't care who you love. I don't care that you don't want to be a queen. You go ahead and you take what you want. Take this freedom. Take this adventure. All you have to do is drink this love juice. And then you can have all of that. At this point here, we have Kit hearing Mad Mardigan again. And so this is the first thing I really want to talk about that I had a little bit of an issue with. So I want to know how this was done. Like, we see Willow later in the episode talking to Alora through her mind. But we know Willow is magical. Alora is magical. Kit may have Badmortis blood. But what about uh, Mad Mardigan? Like, how is he communicating? Or is it actually Mad Mardigan communicating? So what Willow said, uh, forget if it was this episode or the last episode. And this, I connected right to it. Was he said, you know... It was Mad Mardigan's choice to go and fight the worm from within. Mm. So the worm, or so Matt, that's where Mad Mardigan disappeared through that door. He went into the light to fight the uh, fight the worm, fight the from worm within. From okay, within. so then he could be inside the worm's conscience mm-hmm. and like be within this virtual dream or whatever. Yeah, vision dream. Yeah. Okay, so that makes a little th- bit more. So sense that that is where that came from. Um, so like, I, I, I heard that and I was like, okay, that makes sense. I do like too, that, like when she's like, no, and she's like trying to find Alora, like all the people are just start starting to like get in her way and bump into her. Like, yeah, yeah. They're clearly interfering with her. And, you know, it was really odd when they were like, oh, she made her choice, but she must not have drank it. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I wish we had seen that part, like how maybe a flashback where she goes to take a sip and then spits it out or something, you know, like, how is it that like the crone's just like, she made the choice. She made the decision. If maybe it was she just, said, yes, Eric, I'll marry you, but yeah, didn't go that's ahead probably and it. drink the juice. Yeah, that was probably it. But anyway, uh, so she gets all dolled up. Everyone's turned to stone. They're just watching, uh, you know, Laura Dan and about to get married to Eric and then Alora, like, right when they go to kiss, she's like, no, I don't want to kiss you. And it was kind of a cool scene because you could see, like, if they had kissed, like, all of her magical essence would have gone yeah. into. It, you saw, like, it starting to come out of her throat and into her mouth. And she's like, nope, I'm keeping this. I'm not that into you. <laughs> and yeah. and that, that was cool because I was like, yeah. that's good because you've grown a lot. And yes. honestly, like... She even said, like, the old Eric wouldn't wouldn't even yeah, recognize would be disgusted this person. with him, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, so it was kind of cool to see that. And you could see that, like, Eric has been twisted in some ways, but still sort of the same character. And I think that's a good thing, because I enjoyed that he still had recognizable qualities of what we've come to, rec- come to recognize as Eric within him. But, like, yeah, there was just enough twisted where he was clearly not the same person. Like, he was the same-ish, but still different enough to make it recognizable that he had been turned evil. Or at least surrendered to the crone. Yeah. 
And so that's really, that was interesting. What happens after this is Willow sort of busts in like, oh man, he actually did come and, you know, sort of like vaporizes the scene. And then you see like Laura Dana waking up on the altar where Eric had been when the crone had fed him her special brew of potion. I don't know. (laughs) What commences is a fight between the crone, Willow, Laura Dannon, and not all at the same time, each other. But Graydon and, you know, all the whole crew is there. Kit's there, everyone. And yeah, Kit and Jade are fighting the gales, with Borman fighting the gales as well. Yeah. And Graydon's kind of fighting the gales, but also keeping an eye on Alora the whole time. Yeah, and so as Alora's fighting, the crone comes out that she's not po- more powerful enough or not willing to do, you know, the killing blow or have enough conviction, basically. And yeah, then... so she's powerful enough to defeat the crone. But she doesn't believe in herself enough to yeah. use her full strength to beat the crone. And then Graydon steps up and he's like, don't worry, I'm going to do it. And he, like, grabs the wand and, like, he, like, really... Goes in on the crone. Yeah, goes in, like, full conviction, like, I just want to hurt you. You're not going to hurt Alora Dan and, you know, full conviction there. And the crone's, like, impressed with him because she was like, I could tell how much you wanted to hurt me. <laughs> like, you were really trying your hardest to kill me. But you're not powerful enough, peasant. Poof. Yeah. Turns him into dust. And so everyone thinks he's dead. And I mean, I I was like sitting there like he's not dead. <laughs> no. I mean, at this point, I was like, oh my god, are they actually going to kill Graydon? And spoiler alert, if you stuck around for the rest of the episode, you know that might not be the case. And I have some fun theories about that. We'll get to it, though. Uh, yes. So then, you know, there's more fighting ensuing, and... They sort of take it outside uh, after the crone snaps Shalindria's wand. We have sort of a pep talk from Willow to Alora Dannon, and she finally sort of finds the magic within herself, and she starts just channeling magic through through her hands, which mm-hmm. was really cool. It was so funny because earlier Eric had asked her, oh, can you shoot lightning bolts from your hands? And she's like, no. And then she's she shooting green yeah. lightning bolts from her hands. Yeah. It was Sith lightning, baby. <laughs> it was really interesting. Like when she first started doing it, it was like very almost like seductive the way she was like rolling her body like with the power. Did you? I mean, did you see that? Like, I, I was, noticed she was into it, kind of like dancing while she was doing it, almost. Yeah. And it it really made me think of Wheel of Time channeling, to be yeah, honest. A little bit, yeah. I'd agree with that. That's a good connection there. Anyway, so they end up they're sitting in there fighting, but this was the cool piece I thought. Borman basically takes off the armor and gives it to Kit and tells her to use it. And before closing the the doors and being like, all right, boys, who's got butter? (laughs) I know. I was like, oh, my God. I was dying. (laughs) Alexis was like, wait, why would they need butter? And I was like, "Uh, well, I have a couple guesses because he's planning on um, doing some messing them up. (laughs) It's a very uh, sexually natured joke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's Borman in general. He's a very yes. sexually natured guy. <laughs> I thought it was so cool when Kit actually got that armor to work. Like, she yeah, looked, when you saw the Chimerian Curious yeah. come to life. She looked cool. Like The one thing, my one complaint cool. about this mm-hmm. is it should have included a helmet. But then you wouldn't have seen her hair. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, to me, I just oh, she's completely that. invulnerable now. Except, except for her head. head. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least and like that's something done up so the her actress. 
Yeah. Or at least yeah. something like up her neck or something, you know? I mean, but that was done so you could see the actress's head. You could see who it was doing the stunts, the acting, and everything. And I understand not wanting to have your moment on screen be hindered by having your face being covered. But at the same time, it's acting. If that's what the role requires, that's what you should go with. It at least should have been like a, up to, something up to her neck and then like a cap or something so you could still see her face. But like everything else was covered. Instead, we got a completely exposed head. Yeah. Agreed. I will say that the overall fighting in all of this was really cool. So the crone and... Agreed. Definitely I mean, one of my favorite parts. Kind of what's happening here is Willow's fighting the gales that are outside. Borman's fighting the gales that were inside. And we get some cool like magic shots with you know all that. Crone and Lord Danon are fighting. Really cool, like Emperor Palpatine versus and good Emperor Palpatine, because again, lightning hands. Yeah, yeah. And then we have Eric fighting both Jade and Kit and kicking their butts, even though not really good at swords at all, as far as we knew. But again, he's he's hyped up on the uh, evil juice. So, well, I will say this: if you remember back in Episode One. Uh, Eric does say that he's the second best swordsman. And I'm like, okay, was he just bragging to Alora or what was going on there? But maybe it's actually true. Maybe he is actually really skilled with a sword and we just don't know it. Yeah. But my whole thought process behind this was, first of all, plot. Second of all, he's hyped up on the juice that we saw. He's got Turns trolls into playthings for Kit. But apparently it's enough to turn Eric into a challenge for both Jade and Kit. Yeah. I don't know. But that was, you know, it was kind of a cool back and forth there. Like, as the fight was going and you were like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> Eric's going to win and the crone's going to win. All I of a sudden was it got seriously afraid during turned. this part that Eric was going to come and stab Laura. Yeah. Well, yeah. But what, what ends up happening is... Alora beats the crone, basically blows her out of the sky. And Eric's like, no, and runs over to her. He sees her as the beautiful <laughs> woman. And everyone yeah. else is just like, sees her for who she truly is. And he starts and making out starts with her corpse with her. <laughs> after she's like, it's you. You're going to be the harbinger. It was always meant to be this way. No, it wasn't. You were meant to no. be the harbinger. You're just yeah. saying that to continue on with the evil transference. And so then all of a sudden he is possessed very much like Valentine was. And he's like, I'm going to kill her talking about Alora, And um, that's when the Curious is activated and him and Kit fight and Kit's got him down to the ground and like could have decapitated him. And it's just like, she can't do it, but he's like knocked unconscious, I guess. And then mm -hmm. they're like, no, there, there has to be another way. And then Will comes over, breaks his staff, hands the magic gem over and it's like, you got to call to him into the light bring him into the light bring him back and what she does so that was kind of neat how that all happened there yeah i i still am a little curious as to where they want to go the story if they were to make a season two i mean so we have eric he's brought back he's now with him i like that they have the whole gang together and they were walking out like missing sort of you know like sad about Graydon's loss, mm -hmm. who we find out he's still alive anyway, but they're, you know, leaving the city there and they're like, how are we going to get home? We'll figure it out. I mean, Eric was like, you just walk on, you just keep walking on and on. 
I don't know. I'd be interested for another season. So, so let me ask you this: <clears throat> Did you stick around for the after credit scene where Graydon with Graydon? No, the one after that. Oh no, I didn't. I yeah. Tell me about it. Tell us all about it. So it's not so much an after credit scene, more of like an after credit teaser. Ooh. So what happens is you see the book that we've been like seeing at the start of every episode where it goes in and shows Willow and then the chapter, whatever. Mm-hmm. You see that book closed and then a hand puts it on the shelf and you see next to it, it says volume one. Then next to it, there's volume two and volume three. Saying, basically, we want to do three seasons for this story. And so we'll see if there actually is going to be any sequels or not. What I've looked up so far has told me that everything is in limbo. Mm -hmm. That nothing is greenlit. But that there are plans and that they would like to do three seasons in total. Yeah, so anyways, before we get farther in there, let me just dive in and give my part on this uh, this little finale portion that we had here. Where... I was a little bit taken aback by Willow snapping his staff and using the magic stone to lure Eric back into the land of the living and, like, cure him from his evil. Because if it was that easy, why didn't he do that with Graydon? Or Ballantyne. <laughs> when Graydon was doing... Yeah, or Ballantyne. Like, any yeah. of those people. And it seemed like his magic rock was still working. Yeah. It just needed to, like, be, like, held onto by Eric to lure him back in. I also did enjoy how Borman was like, you're going to have to earn your place with us to Eric <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and see how that goes. We're, we're, we're serious adventurers. Yeah. 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 I mean, Borman's but great. I'm going to be interested to see if there is a season two, what the relationship is like between Eric and Alora, between Eric and Kit and well, just like Eric in general with the rest of the group. I think Eric and Kit will be fine. I think Eric and dove <laughs> brunhilda or dannon is going to be probably uh, the main source of contention especially like they'll probably start rekindling the relationship and then great and will pop back up and so let's That's really exactly yeah yeah let's really jump into that because this was actually a really cool scene at the end where you know it sort of the camera takes us through the light and you see or Graydon's waking up with all those bodies and like that vision willow had seen he had seen himself. Ooh, I've in got an idea, there. but I'll let you go. And Graydon sort of wakes up and he like is looking around and all of a sudden he sees a Laura Dana with a cool, like shortened haircut looking really uh, badass. Yeah. <laughs> and the fierce. music is like very much sort of like a rock, rocky rock, like rock music. I was sitting there thinking like it would have been a great idea to have like a Coheed and Cambria sort of like musical <laughs> intro going on there right there. That would have been yeah. epic. And she's just like, I need your help. You're the one. And it's like, yeah, he's going to probably help you um, until you see all the monsters behind her. And it's just like, including the fire breathing monster from the first movie, which I love the callback to. I thought that was great. (laughs) Pretty much what this is saying is Graydon's actually going to be the harbinger. They're showing him a future in which him and Alora Dannon will rule, I guess. But it just makes no sense to me that he would be the one to sort of accept this as a reality, like, right away, you know? Because he would know that this was what he was doing, was against what he was trying to do before. So I, I'm, I'd i be interested to see if they do do a season two. How are they going to make it so he would be willing to lead this invasion 
of the rest of the world for a Laura Dannon, even though it's not a Laura Dannon. Like, how are they going to justify that? Because his character wouldn't do that. He would no. know that wasn't the real Laura. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see how they decide to do that if there is a season two. So here's what I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. You know how Willow has talked about seeing in his vision Alora dead? Yes. What if he's seeing the worm version of Alora dead? And it's actually like real Alora will be fine. Hmm. That's interesting. Because like if the worm is like co-opting her image, basically, like what if the version that he's seeing there was like this fake Alora version that Graydon's going to like probably be tricked into following. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Huh. That would make a I lot of sense. I literally just thought of that as you as yeah. we were talking about that part. I'm like, ooh, oh, okay. <laughs> that could be, that could very well be it. Yeah. yeah. I also though don't know like if this is just like the vision where Graydon's being like teased by the worm, like trying to be enticed into joining Probably. him. And if there won't be two Aloras, if there won't be like dark Alora and, you know, regular one. And maybe we found out that through, like, the slight kiss, or maybe she did drink a little bit, whatever it was, there was some transference, and so it does have, like, partial, yeah. like, at least maybe her dark, like, a dark aspect of her. That would be interesting. That would be kind of neat. Because you saw some of her darkness come out in this battle against the crone. Yeah. Where she got, like, that look of, okay, it's personal now. You killed Graydon. I'm coming for you. So that would be interesting to see. I do want to kind of just the last thing about the episode I want to talk about is I do like the sort of callbacks to everything in this episode. Um, The turning to stone, right? Yeah. Was very much a callback to some of the characters. Little acorns that he would throw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch overall and kind of a nice way to cap it all off. But Yeah. So before we get out of here, Mike, what are your overall thoughts on Willow season one? Glad I watched it. Uh, I don't know if I would rewatch it unless like there was a season two and if there was a, jet, a big hiatus between the two, because they've done a nice job of having a recap at the front of every episode. So mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I'm glad I watched it. I feel very similarly. I'm glad that I watched it. It's been a fun fantasy romp, which yeah. is what we've been hoping for. Mormon and for kind of life. Insane all along, but it's not great by any means it is just something that's kind of entertainment for entertainment's sake if you Mm -hmm. enjoy willow if you enjoy fantasy you're going to enjoy this to some extent the acting has been hit or miss not the best not the worst some are way better than others Mm -hmm. some not so much uh then you have the special effects in the cinematography which have been very good i've loved all of that so throughout the entire season it's been great uh but all in all, that leaves me with an okay for how I feel about this series. It's a solid 5.5 out of five, out of 10 for me. Like, it's slightly I'd above give it a average. Six, probably. Yeah. I'd probably give it a 6. Borman all right, gives, so Mike's going with Bor- 6. Borman gives yeah. me the bump. Borman's... All right, I'll, I'll give it the Borman bump and go for a 6. <laughs> yeah. But all in all, I thought it was enjoyable enough that I'm glad I watched it. Mm. Wouldn't necessarily watch it again unless, like you said, there was a big gap between season one and season two. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like that like start of the season recap will be plenty for to get me back into where I need to be. Uh, by no means my favorite show we've covered. By yeah. no means my least favorite either. It's been okay. 
that's firmly entrenched by the Lord of the Rings movie from 1960, whatever, whenever that one was. Yes. Yeah. The old <laughs> school Lord of the Rings animated the is by far the worst thing we've ever covered. Yeah, but that's okay. Agree. <laughs> I will say, um, too, that I think a reason I wouldn't rewatch this as well is just because the story isn't very new. Like, it's not super nuanced. There's not a whole lot of complexity. Mm-mm. Not very compelling I mean, either. No, it's not very compelling. So when we think about a second season, like I don't need to rewatch all this to catch little story beats or to refresh myself on it. Like I know what it is, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Overall it enjoyable romp, but overall as well, kind of forgettable. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm good. A little lower back down 5.5, 5.5 is the final score for uh, me. Borman man. He does it for me. He's hilarious. All right, but that's going to do it for us covering Willow, and mm-hmm. then we'll see if there's a season two or not, and we'll uh, we'll decide at that time if we're going to cover that or not. Probably will, um, but we'll see if it even <laughs> oh, exists will. first. Yeah. All right, but with all that being said, it's going to be two nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.